China's retail numbers are growing again for the first time since the pandemic, and that seems to have given the market something to get excited about. The RBA seems happy to wait and see what happens next, given things could be worse. So what stance will the FOMC take later on, given that the US is trying to push ahead without any further government-funded stimulus? It's Wednesday, the 16th of September, 2020. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the Nasdaq is on the rise again, the third day in a row. It's up another 1%, still 7% below, 7% below its high at the beginning of the month, of course. Uh, the S&P 500 is up 0.5%. The Dow is up a tiny bit. Those prices are easing off a bit as the session nears the end. I know we had a 1.3% rise in the FTSE 100 and 0.8% for the Euro stocks 50. The US dollar has been down, losing a quarter percent, but then getting back most of that in the overnight session. The Aussie was a beneficiary of that loss. It gained 0.4%, lost most of that is the US dollar bounce back, uh, but it's back up to about 0.2% up now. So a bit of, bit of a topsy-turvy night for the Aussie dollar. The pound is still 0.3% up. The euro has lost 0.1% and the US dollar has lost a quarter percent to the yen. No big movements in bond yields. Ten-year treasuries have gained one basis point. Ten-year gilt yields are up two basis points. That's about it. Oil is bouncing back, though, up 3% for WTI. Brent is back over $40 a barrel. And Gavin Friend is Senior Market Strategist at NAV in London. I mention that because, well, because he's with me now to to talk over what's happening. Let's start with the uh, the tech sector bouncing back, Gavin. Um So, I mean, I guess, you know, it, 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 it's a sign of positivity, isn't it? We, but... It, even you know with the, with the continued pandemic we still want to buy gadgets so apple is still pushing ahead with its iphones and apple watch launches this month they're also launching a new subscription service for various apple things like the apple cloud google is launching new phones and other new stuff as well so to, to an extent i mean the tech se- sector it's business as usual, irrespective of what happens. Ah, good morning, Phil. Yeah, I guess I guess it is. Third straight day for stock gains, led, as you say, by the tech sector. Um, I mean, from a broader market uh, perspective, we've got this sort of tailwind of uh, a flurry of M&A activity, which has been a prop, um, you know, and particularly for that sector. Um we've got some ongoing optimism over a virus vaccine. Um, I mean, I'm not completely convinced that uh, that's warranted right now given the fl- sort of flare-ups we're seeing around the world I guess it uh, it's consistent with the um, the messaging from you know um, the, the the leading vi- uh, vaccine manufacturers the guidance they've been giving on October November so I guess that's understandable and then we had some um, reasonable China numbers out as well overnight so um, you know this is the sort of mid-month China activity data we get for industrial production fixed asset investment and retail sales um, you know better than for- stronger numbers and better than forecast so you've got industrial production picking up, you know, led by gains in sort of utilities and the mining sector, fixed asset investment being boosted by manufacturing investment and retail sales um, turning positive for the first time this calendar year, though mm. still declining in year on year terms. Yeah, reading in the South China Morning Post today, they're saying a lot of this actually they, uh, could be government spending in the shops and, and restaurants. They make this point that because wealth is very concentrated, Retail sales are always going to be challenged. Uh, so perhaps, uh, you know, if China wants to see as steady growth, they're still, the plan to build domestic growth might be a little bit difficult. They're still going to be reliant on exports for a while to come, it says. And of course, you know, this idea that they are reliant still on government spending 
I mean, that is the case everywhere, isn't it? Just about, except perhaps the United States, because they're having great difficulty trying to get this fiscal stimulus over the line. Indeed. And, uh, you know, the answer for that will all be how long does this go on for? So, you know, I think that gave an early kick to EM. You saw the CNY rose to its highest level versus the dollar since, what, the spring of 2019 at 6.77 and change. I mean, when Europe opened up, it did look like we'd be in for a day of dollar weakness led by EM. You know, you, you noted there the Aussie and the Kiwi, you know, were, were posting or probing sort of over one week highs. Um, but all of that faded a little bit um, during the middle of the European the US day um, and the dollar has regained some of its mojo. Um, the US data we saw was, was mixed, non-leading really. Um, New York Empire Manufacturing um, you know, activity for September was reasonable above the forecast, but nothing really to write home about. And then we had industrial production and manufacturing for August, which I guess broadly shows the rebound there continues, but the pace is slowing. I think there was a bit of weakness in the auto sector, which crimped manufacturing. So a bit of a, you know, a, a lot a lot of news on the day, but nothing really to drive it. You know, equities, as you say, a decent day. Bond yields are very, very steady, not really moving anywhere. The dollar... The big move in oil. I mean, obviously, you know, the, the oil industry obviously is thinking consumption's coming back. Yeah, but, you know, step back a little bit. Where are we? We're still around the same kind of levels. We're not really moving yeah. it what really moving the dial are we i mean I, I guess one one factor is of course is that you know we've got the fed today um and markets are you know eager to find out what we're going to get yeah well what are we going to get because there's very mixed views isn't it as to what's actually dovish or not is the question oh it'll be dovish um i mean from the top we'll very, get very dovish or, or slightly dovish then. no so so from the top we'll get you know the statement a new set of economic projections i mean these come uh, once every three every three months, and then we got the press conference with Chair Powell. I mean, going into this, of course, Powell has already teed up markets for the shift, uh, you know, in policy to average inflation targeting and more focus on employment. Recall, you know, he did this in late August at the uh, virtual Jackson yeah. Hole symposium, and so markets will, you know, they're eager to see whether he's going to put some meat on the bones on this and whether. Yeah, this will change, you know, the guidance. Um, I think with no change in rates, obviously. QE, very, very unlikely it would change. If there's anything, maybe, uh, you know, a slight adjustment to duration. But um, I think the statement will need to acknowledge the improvement in some of the data that we've seen, um, you know, so the pickup in growth uh, over Q3, the lower unemployment numbers that we've seen. But with such uncertainty and still very elevated levels of Unemployment, you know, it'll be pretty vague. We might see the what they call the SEP, the, mm. the summary of economic projections, edge down the central forecast for unemployment um, in 2020. Um, in June, it was pegged at sort of nine to ten percent. Now we're already below that at eight point four percent. I think there's a reason that we'd be wary of that eight point four reading, reading, and I'm sure the Fed won't be jumping in there. But you know, you wouldn't be surprised if they nudge those down. Same time, the GDP forecasts in June for 2020 were between five and a half and seven half percent negative. Um, the private sector consensus is about minus four and a half percent so they could revise that up a little bit um, and all of this is going to be based on the assumption that there's not going to be any fiscal stimulus coming from the government presumably no i mean the fed won't uh, typically the fed will only judge the stimulus when it arrives you know it it, it acknowledges i mean you you know you, you, you 
Chair Powell has been pretty vocal in, you know, and the rest of the Fed in, in calling on Congress to do to do what it needs to do, but they can't really act to something they can't see. And given the sort of, um, you know, the, the the spread between what the Republicans want to do and what the Democrats want to do, they, they can't really base it on anything. So, I mean, I think really the, the focal point for this particular Fed meeting, markets want to know if we're going to get something on in this this shift to average inflation targeting. But as we've seen from a number of Fed FOC members in recent weeks, you know, they push back a little on the timing it's it, the, the suggestion is, is that they want a bit more time to discuss this stuff and we might have to wait until the early november meeting you know could that lead to a bit of disappointment i mean potentially but powell you know he's, he's good enough to to, to to head that off in the press conference and the dot plot so this is the you know mm. what does each member think the fed funds rate is going to be at each of the upcoming year ends i mean last time it was flat to the end of 2022 rates are not going anywhere that's where the rates market is that's going to be you know that should be enough if the market yeah. wanted to be but a that's bit. not that's that yeah that's not going to move though is it no no it's not going to move that's and that's that's my point so if the yeah. fed disappointed in not giving us meat on the bones on the average inflation target you know powell and the dot plot should you know assuage any market fears that uh, there's anything going yeah. right so here. basically sitting on their hands which is pretty much more or less what the rba uh did as well didn't it the no surprise from the minutes there uh they're going to consider further easing if it's needed but uh, they seem to be saying it wasn't the downturn's not as bad as uh, as feared uh, so really just wait and see wasn't it pretty much what they were saying yeah I mean so these are the minutes for the early September meeting uh, which you know come against the backdrop of some media speculation that you know the RBA might look to introduce a QE for longer term government and state backed bonds or that it might even lower the cash rate to you know, you know 10 basis points from 0.25% uh, helping that along, that view was the line in the September statement that the uh, board continued to consider how further monetary measures could support the recovery. I mean, you wouldn't expect anything different, would you? But, and, and you know, that line was inserted in the minutes too. But, you know, as my colleagues wrote in their post minutes notes, uh, yesterday, there really wasn't any smoking gun on what they might do or the timing. Um, comments around the supply of credit were weaker. That you know that might have been the factor behind the sort of uh, expansion of uh, the term funding facility that we saw at that meeting. Yeah. But overall, credit condition, financial conditions, sorry, were um, were assessed to be accommodative. There was one issue on the Aussie dollar, so the RBA isn't shy in promoting the idea of a lower Aussie giving, you know, more mm. assistance to the economy. But you know, same time acknowledged the Aussie's appreciation reflected a broadly weaker dollar, improved terms of uh, t- terms of trade, i.e., you know, via higher commodity prices. And really, the Aussie is in line with fundamentals. I mean, I think that was a, yeah. a show of pragmatism. Well, look, the ECB I mean, anybody, might uh, anybody, learn from. Yeah, anybody who anybody. <laughs> Your export stuff would want to lower their currency to be lower, wouldn't Indeed. they? Really? I mean, the other point they made was that business loans were remaining subdued. I mean, and that is, I mean, that's a problem again everywhere, isn't it? Businesses, we need businesses to grow uh, to, to get ourselves out of the, the situation we find ourselves in, but businesses are reluctant to take out loans because they've got an uncertain future. I don't know how you fix that. No, indeed. Confidence and uncertainty. That's what you need. Well, and you can just keep, you know, keep reminding, you know, that things that, 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 that we're there to help uh, and that things are improving. But at the end of the day, you know, um, 
it's going to take time. Now, uh, yeah. let's look quickly at New Zealand. A couple of things to look out for to th- there today, isn't there? Yeah, that's right. We've got the Q2 current account, which is expected to show a steadily shrinking deficit as the trade deficit uh, edges towards uh, back towards a surplus. And there's also a pre-election economic and fiscal update, uh, which will be watched you know, for the latest uh, Treasury view on government spending provisions and any impact uh, on debt programs. Um, I mean, there are a number of negative uh, risks that appear to be, they appear to have lessened a little bit, I think, in the last uh, few couple of months, but the Treasury had a pretty rosy forecast in the first place. So uh, we'll mm. see what comes out there. Now, look, very quickly before we go, I'm surprised the pound is doing so well today. They had their employment numbers, which are, you know, look positive in that there were 12,000 less jobs in June. So that is actually a slowdown in, in job losses, but they're still losing them. It's uh, the, the, the drop was less than expected. But a, a, a big rise in youth unemployment, and then also there's these fears of what happens when the furlough scheme ends at, at the end of next month. There is no talk of extending it. In fact, uh, Rishi Sunak, the treasurer there, has, uh, has said quite the opposite, that it will end. He did. Um, he's been pretty firm on that. He said it again uh, Tuesday, but he is hinting that he may do other things to try and help out certain sectors. I mean, this is the point, isn't it? We've got an unemployment rate officially that's 4.1 percent. The the you know, the all time the historical low was 3.8 percent. It's being masked by the furlough scheme. We don't really learn anything by these uh, releases at this point. Um, we think that the unemployment rate is probably nearer 10 uh, percent. It's about 3.3 million of a of a workforce of about 33 35 million people. You've got nine million. People on the furlough scheme. Mm. Of, of course, you know a lot of these will go back to work, but we don't know how many, and so yeah. potentially that unemployment rate could really spike. And, yeah, uh, and that, know, that's, that's going to be interesting, really isn't it, to compare know. that with what's happening in Germany? Because Germany has said they're going to extend their job subsidies till the end of next year. Uh, so that would give businesses a bit more encouragement, wouldn't it? A bit more uh, surety, which perhaps wouldn't mean that they would invest and start to grow. So uh, we can compare and contrast Germany versus the UK. An interesting case study. Uh, We'll leave it there for now. Good to talk, Gavin. Catch you again very soon. Cheers, Phil. And that is it, the morning call for this Wednesday morning. We are back tomorrow morning just after the FRMC meeting and the press conference. You'll hear it first from us. I'm Phil Dobby for now. See you then.